we've been starting a series on the Lord's Prayer. If you'd like to turn to it, it's Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9. Matthew 6, 9 is right where we're at. And Jesus is speaking. And he's talking to his disciples. And he says, this is how you get to know our Father. This is how we communicate. This is how you talk. He's teaching his disciples how to pray. And in turn, through scripture, he's teaching us how to pray, how to get to know our Father. And Jesus says, after this manner, therefore pray ye. Ready? He begins. Our Father. Now, girls, we spent two weeks on these two beautiful words. These are like the most securing words in our life. But he says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I want you to take that first phrase with me right now, and I want you to repeat it after me. Ready? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You can't believe what we're going to find out what's in this first phrase in which Jesus is teaching us to pray, and he's telling us about, ready? Our Father, Shanda. I mean, our Father, the God who made the universe, the God who made the heavens and the earth, the God who made you and me. Oh! <laughs> Five-minute warning, just to shake me up, you know. Yeah. Oh, I love that man. So anyways, so, so this God, I mean, it's one thing to know that God did all this, but girls, that he is our Father, we just should never get over that. And that's a truth that you need to secure in your heart and mind every morning, especially in this crazy COVID time. So, our Father. Now, I know this is a fact. It is a true fact that for many people, it is really hard to understand a father's love because they've never had an earthly father's love. I've done a lot of reading and the psych books and the, and the different, um, especially teenage uh, mentoring books, and, and then just in people I know. They've never experienced a father's love, and so it's very hard for them to think of God as a loving heavenly father. Matter of fact, um, so many of them had dads that were, you know, MIA, missing in action. The, the dad never, the parents were never at the ball games, never affirming, never validating, never there for them for anything. And then even worse, there are so many dads that, um, that are abusive or were abusive. And that dad was, was simply acting out the same pattern from his dad before him, and the, and the wretchedness just kept going on and on. So it's really hard for some to understand our Father's love. So having tabled that in one part of your brain, move with me to this part. We are born needing our Father's love. We're born needing our Father's love. I have seen, I have seen kids who defend their fathers I've seen kids defend their fathers, and those dads could have gotten the worst dad of the year award, okay? And yet it is natural, and it is in us to defend our fathers. Um, it is very natural. Once we begin to understand the family unit of who we are in this family that, that God put me, we brag on our dads. My dad, my dad is so strong. My dad can do this. Yeah, well, my dad has that. And my dad, and even a thing of my dad's better than your dad, you know. This is in us 
from the very beginning. Now, the thing that you have to ask yourself is, why? Why are we like this? Because God put in us a yearning for and the need for affirmation from our Father. Why did he put that in us? Gentlemen, he breathed into us, and, and we became a living soul. He was already knowing that his son was going to teach us how to pray our Father. And he put within us a desire that we've got to be filled with our Father's love. We've got to be affirmed by our Father. God put in you and me this need for a Father's love. A dad and his son had a horrible argument, and that night the boy ran away. Finding his son's bed empty the next morning, the dad walked five hours to the little general store and posted a letter. Dear Paco, we can work this out. Please come home. I love you, and I will be here Saturday. We can go home together. Love your father. Saturday came. That dad walked all the way back to the store, and standing around his letter, he found five boys named Paco, all hoping it was their father welcoming them back home. Girls, it, God put that in us so that, you know what? We would seek him with all of our heart and find his love deep in our souls. Here's a really neat thought I want you to be engaged with. Our souls are eternal. Tell the lady next to you, your soul's eternal. It's going to be forever. It's been forever. My eternal soul, ready, walks back because it's eternal. Now think about this. My eternal soul walks back to a memory that walked with my father. That's why today there is a spot designed by God inside of us that can only be filled with him. And when it is, there is that sweet satisfaction of our father, my father. Physical, emotional Kathy, the Kathy you're seeing right now, Kathy who is flesh and blood and bone and brain, not so much brain anymore, was born on November 27th, 19 forever ago, okay? <laughs> this physical Kathy is related and can walk back her ancestry a long, long ways. Matter of fact, my brother did the whole ancestry thing, you know, which is a lot of fun. But I am the product. I'm the product. This part of me that you see, I'm the product of begat, begat, and begat, and begat. And all those begats go back to Holland and Denmark and Germany and Heinz 57. But that, that is who you see. That, I'm the product of that. In the same way, Kathy, who is a spiritual being and is eternal and will live forever because God breathed into mankind and we became a living soul. Do you know how far back you and I can trace our soul? All the way back to the garden. Now, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing truth. Hi, dear Leslie. We have a chair. She's going to grab me. Oh, no, you can get chair. So with that in mind, my soul's memory is eternal. It remembers being filled with a father's love in the beginning, and it seeks for that today. Now, sin separated us from our father, but God continually calls us home. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him, and he will me, and he with me. 
This is at home with our Father, and that's the place that God wants to find us today, and that's why we can pray our Father. Upon receiving Jesus as our Savior and having that forgiveness of sin and asking Jesus to come into our life and be our Savior, at that moment, we are... Oh, this is terrible. You know how... You know how a certain song never leaves your head? We are family. <laughs> okay, we are family. At that point, at that point, we become family. We are, we are sisters in Christ. And the beautiful part is Jesus and I have the same Father, our Father. Nothing will secure you and me more, and nothing will sweeten our day more than getting to know your Father. So... Now, here with this beautiful truth in our heads and in our hearts, Jesus begins to tell us about our Father in teaching us how to pray. And he says, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, hallowed is a word we don't even use anymore. There's a number of different meanings. The one we're going to sit on today is the word holy. Hallowed in our language and our thinking has been translated as holy. Now, to be holy, what does that mean? That means to be set apart for a special use. Turn your Bibles to 1 Peter 2.9. The very first term Jesus uses to describe our Father is what? Holy, hallowed. He's hallowed. He's holy. Now, in 1 Peter 2.9... God's word says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want you to catch the separation there, because holiness is always a matter of separation. Tell the lady next to you, holiness is a matter of separation. Always, always, always. It is always a matter of separation. God has called us ready out of darkness where I am, where I live, where I was condemned to live forever and even into eternity, go to a worse eternal darkness. He says, God, your Father has called you out of darkness. He's separating you from darkness unto, and I love, this is Trina's word, glorious, glory, unto his glorious light. That's where we get to be, not, in, not, not just in heaven, right now today. He's separating us. He is calling us unto holiness. It's a separation. Um, why? Well, because our Father has dreams and plans and purpose for every one of his children. And again, yep, for sure. It's a patterning that we have that he gave to us when he set up family. We, he has dreams and plans and purpose, and it begins with looking like him. You know when those babies are first born? Oh! She looks just like her mother. Oh, he looks just like her father. And oh, she looks just like her father. And oh, he looks just like his, you know, the family resemblance. God says, I want you to get this family resemblance. You are going to love the dreams I have for you and the plans I have for you. And not only that, when I choose to say, Father, I want to be like my father. I want to be like you. First, he saves me from the slavery of my sinful self, what I would have naturally become. And he says, I've got, I've got such a plan of what, Karen, you're going to become. Jen, what you're going to become. It's a beautiful plan. But first, he saves me from the slavery of my 
who I would naturally become. Four-year-old Billy, who had never outgrown the terrible twos, he was the terror of the K-4 class, he bursts out with the news, teacher, teacher, I know what we're going to name that new baby that's coming. Well, tell us, Billy. He was so proud that he had this information, he exclaims, well, if it's a girl, we will call her Emily, but if it's a boy like me, we'll call it quits. <laughs> Aren't you grateful? that God didn't call it quits on you and me when we were in our sin. He gives me a way to walk out of my darkness into his marvelous light, light, and it begins with God's holiness. That's why first and foremost, in the first descriptive way, Jesus says, this is your father. He's holy. He's holy. Now, to get that family resemblance and to live in that marvelous light today, turn to your Bibles to 1 Peter 15 and 16. You're going to love this. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. Yeah, it helps you know the chapter, doesn't it? Yeah. 1 Peter 1. Matter of fact, if you have time this week, please study in 1 and 2 Peter. Oh, it's rich. You talk about... Father, creating me a desire to be more like you. Make, make me look like you today in this first baby step of holiness. First and second Peter is loaded with all the YBH. Yeah, but how? So God's word says, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That means like in every moment, in everything in my day, in everything I do. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. So it's what God is first calling me unto. Now Romans gives us some flesh and blood on this. The, the, yeah, but how? Because, you know, holy is such a spiritual word. It's a beautiful word. But it certainly is not in our realm of thinking and living. And shame on us. Romans 12, 1 and 2, God fleshes it out a little bit. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. What's the first descriptive term? Holy. Holy. Because I will never get there unless I choose to separate first. And we're going to talk about that in just oh, 30 seconds. <laughs> Acceptable unto God, which is your reason. How do I live holy? Number one, bold letters. God tells me to separate from the world. I can't be a friend of the world and a friend of God's. Not only will it destroy me and literally kill me, if not physically, um, it'll kill my joy, it'll kill my peace, it'll, it'll kill everything that God meant for me to enjoy and have and become, but it stops me from growing. Go back to the Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden again because it's on your cookie now. What did God tell Adam and Eve to separate from in the Garden of Eden? Oh, there are some cookies left. You've got to get your cookie if you didn't get your cookie. Donna, would you read what's on that cookie? Okay, it's the tree. The tree. What did God tell Adam and Eve to separate from in that garden? Separate yourself from the tree. He didn't say just don't eat from it. You know what he said? Don't touch it. In other words, don't get even with an arm's length. I can imagine there are some legalistic angels saying, don't even look at it. You know, you know, because there's always going to be those too. But it's good advice. It's just the way they said it, you know. So, yeah, separate yourself. Don't get near that. Don't even get close to it because it will kill you. 
my dad and I, Cindy knew my dad, we had a contest with hydrangea trees. We went to Abley's. I highly recommend that nursery. Can't tell you how to get there. It's over on the east. It's east? It's Abley's. It's a really good. We used to go there because you'd get free popcorn. That was pre-COVID. Now, now just go there to get your plants. They are really good. So mom and dad, Doug Clinton and I were at Abley's. It was one of our favorite haunts. And um, dad and I saw these hydrangea trees about three feet. They were gorgeous already getting ready just to pop and bloom, and Dad and I stood there looking at them and said, oh, I think that's got our name on it. I think it does, Dad. And so there were two of them there that were exceptionally beautiful. And I said, Dad, you take this one. It was a really, really good one, because we were always competing in our yards. It was so much fun. And I said, Dad, you take that one, and I'll take that one. And he said, okay. So we, we went back to Mom and Dad's. He says, I know just where I want to plant it. So Doug got the shovel. And hydrangeas can't get full sun, okay, so they have to have partial shade. And Dad had this great big beautiful tree that was partial shade. And so Doug planted it there, and um, Dad stood back and looked at it, and he was, he was really excited about it. And he got this grin and this sparkle in his eye that he almost always had, and he looks at me and he says, okay, Kate, by the end of summer, mine's going to be bigger than yours. <laughs> and I said, you're on. You know, so we went home and planted ours, and I miracle growed it, and, and I made sure every little dead thing was off it at all times, and I was so careful with the water. Mom and Dad came over a few days later, and Dad said to me, man, mine's just not looking that good. And I said, Dad, are you miracle growing it? We bought him the miracle grow, you know, so yeah, yeah, I am. You're not over or underwater it? No. Are you plucking off anything that, yeah, I am. It's just, just not looking that good. Well, the next week we went over there. And uh, we were having coffee on their back deck, and we were looking at that hydrangea tree, and I said, Dad, and by now mine was popping open and, and blossoming. Dad, it doesn't look good. Um, matter of fact, I don't know. And Dad says, oh, it'll be all right. We'll, 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 we'll give it another week. Three weeks later, over at Mom and Dad's, the leaves are now turning under and falling off instead of turning up and reaching up as a plant always reaches up. And my hydrangea is just loaded with blossoms. I mean, it's just like straining to grow. It can't wait, you know. And Dad's is, okay. <laughs> Dad, we've got to move this tree. It's dying, Dad. I don't know why it's dying, but it's dying. So Doug gets a shovel. We dig it up. We put it in another spot and, um, and come to find out that big tree that provided the shade that looked so good was a black walnut tree. A black walnut tree has nothing but poisonous roots to anything that is growing or black. You can't plant anything underneath a black walnut tree. It'll kill it. It'll, it it's gone. And thankfully, we caught it in time. The plant did not die. Matter of fact, now Doug and I have it in our yard, which is really sweet to my heart. And oh, by the way, I did win the contest. You know, so, <clears throat> so. What has happened here is as you look at your cookie, understand that after salvation, because of the tree planted on Calvary's hill, God has given us not just eternal life, but a plan for living today in his marvelous light, a plan to live and flourish. But now every day we are tempted to walk back to that tree that's rooted in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life and I want to partake of its fruit. I have a very well-worn path to that rotten tree that is going to destroy me. Its roots will kill me. 
And every day, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit that God put inside of us, he has rooted in our hearts the Spirit of God. Now, what does the Spirit of God do? It brings forth what, Treen? It's fruit. Glorious light and its fruit. It's a tree planted. Literally, the Spirit of God. When I partake from what the Spirit of God offers me in a choice, and there hath no temptation taken me, but such as is common to man, but God is, tell me, Yes, faithful, not willing for me to be tempted above that I'm able. You don't have to keep walking back to that old tree, Kathy. It's going to kill you. It's rooted in your heart, and you're so used to going back there. But I tell you what, if you will choose. Now, let me quickly finish with this scripture because it is such a road to victory. Turn to Romans chapter 6. Our Father has planted in our hearts his spirit, which offers his fruit. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 16. Now get this, girls. This is, this is beautiful. And as I read this, one question that you have to take with you before we leave, it's the accountability, it's the homework question. This is what we pray. Dear God, what is in my heart that I'm partaking of that smears your name? God, show me, and I, this is in the lesson that we'll get next week if God tarries, Show me where I'm failing, because there was such an area of failure in my life that I never even saw. Until I began praying, Lord, search me. Lord, I truly want to live holy today. I want to live in the light. Romans chapter 6. This is beautiful. And 16 through 22. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves. Now, isn't that interesting? Yield was what kind of a term? It's a farmer's turn. It's a growing, it's agriculture. But look at the yielding pulls into. We know how to yield. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. I mean, it's two choices. It's two trees. It's right there. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart. Because God is always concerned with my heart. The form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, you've become the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. <gasps> we can have that. We can have that today, and I can't wait to tell you how. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is what, girls? Death. It's the roots of that, of that tree, of that prideful tree inside of us. Now, but I don't have to go there to eat. I get to go to the other tree. But now being made free from sin, you're free from it, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and everlasting I don't have to partake of that which is going to poison me and destroy me. Our Father, my Father, has provided for me his spirit in which every day I can say, Dear Lord, and next week I can't wait. It's, you know, it's the little foxes that spoil the what, girls? The vine, the tree, the tree spoils my fellowship with God. He's the vine, I'm, I'm the branch. But it's the little things. And this little thing in my life, and I want you to examine your hearts and say, Lord, show me the little things, the little things that are, that are just cutting off me living holy today. 
Will you do that? Praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are our Father. Lord, may each of us, Lord, I think of the influence that is here. God, if, if we, this group of ladies, your children, daughters of the King, would rise up and live holy today and holy tomorrow, what a difference we could make. We give you this goal and this prayer request in Jesus' name. Amen.